For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Fortin. Howdy, y'all. We are at my house once again mm-hmm. because our office is currently being inspected by the good old Nashville Fire Marshal. I think to be totally fair, I think it's the deputy fire marshal who's there. The deputy fire marshal. However, I'm sure they have just as much power, just as yeah. much expertise. Well, I, I'm sure a, 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 a true fire marshal has better things to do with their time. That's true. That's true. I was like, then listen to this podcast. Oh no, you mean do the actual job? Yeah, yeah. to inspect our fire <laughs> extinguishers. Well, fingers yes. crossed. I think it'll be fine. For some of those inspections, does all the work need to be done? Like, yeah, we're missing part of a countertop. Does no, that that kind of stuff. That's aesthetic. Okay. But we've been this inspection should have happened weeks ago, but we've been held up by the electrical inspection. Got it. It just like all has to happen in a certain order. Yes. And and so, yeah, it has to happen in a certain order. So if you have your electrical and then that doesn't pass, now you have to get the electrical contractor back out, Ugh. get them back in the schedule, fix it, then call the city back and say, hey, we're ready for an inspection again. And they maybe come out in the next few days, if that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they show up and the front door's locked and they just, they just leave, which has happened before. We've been there. We're fine. They didn't bother to call or, I mean, they, they just yank on the door once. Nope. It's locked. I I better get the hell out of here. And then they don't come back for a week. It's just, it is not fast. So we're going to have the deputy fire marshal, whomever bless our space today. Mm -hmm. And then we call for final inspection. And then we have an open office. Now, if you're a frequent listener to Dirt Talk, you will note that I said our office is already open on the last episode of Dirt Talk. <laughs> said, come on down. <laughs> and I said, come on down. <laughs> but clearly, it is not yet open because we don't have a certificate of occupancy. Yeah. So us being there recording the last podcast there was purely in theory. It was just a, a test to see what we would say if we were recording the podcast in the podcast studio. Correct. But... I, with relative certainty, beginning in September, 
Come visit our office whenever you please. That's uh, that's probably the fair date because <laughs> it would be bad. Yeah, so, no, just like next Monday is going to be fine. Like, no, nope, it's not. We'll starting just... starting in September. Stop by anytime. Fourteen hundred Adams Street. We're on the second floor, Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. We're gonna hang a big buildwood sign on the on the on the building, so you won't be able to miss us. And and seriously, come on by. And if the front door is locked, don't just automatically leave. Yeah, don't leave. Or we should be there. Or maybe we still don't have our certificate. You know, I'm not even going to make that joke. I don't want to put that out there. Don't do it. I don't want to put that out there. Um, But yeah, starting in September, we want, we wanted a great place for our people to work, but we also wanted a place for the dirt world to come. So seriously, if you're in Nashville, come on down, uh, bring your wife, bring your kids, bring your friends. I don't care who you bring. Stop, stop by and say, Hey, come check it out. Come check it out. Stay a while, grab a beer, whatever you want to do. The the hallway up there leading to the office is that also our space? What's the that how's is, that work? Um, right now it looks a little spooky because all the lights are not working, uh-huh. which it's, is really cool. I feel like if I go there at night, I'm gonna not love how I feel. Yeah, and, feel like, and then once I'm in the office, it's gonna be cool. No, but, no, you walk in, you're like, wow, this is great. But the 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 hallway, yeah, a little spooky. It's like, is there a guy with a knife around the corner here? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get the lights fixed. Cool. And then we're actually, and I've not even told Chase this yet, but we're going to put uh, framed, all the framed brands oh, cool. uh, that we've worked on down the hallway. Love it. So all the different brands we put together, we're going to put in a frame and hang them all the way down. Because it is kind of a long walk down to that door. It is. You got to do something. Yes. Or just uh, different pictures of my face all the way down. Yeah. It's just fat heads that we printed off of Aaron. Just like. You ever, you ever see those wall, wall decals? Yes. Called fat heads? Yeah, they're kind of expensive though. I don't know if that's in the budget. Just a bunch <laughs> of Aaron fat heads. That'd be a lot of money. We'll, we'll comb through the numbers. We'll get our, our new CFO, Aaron Somero, to look at it and say, okay, we can afford fat heads. I, I highly doubt he'll say that. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a guy that'd be pro fat head. No, but that's that's what he needs to be. Yeah, we, we need somebody. To- I'm the pro fathead guy. We don't need two people like that. We need the guy saying, "That's stupid. We're not going to do that." Did you ever okay. watch? Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Yeah, uh, it's. <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, when the two guys come in to um, like handle fix the budget. Yeah, Rob Lowe's always the yes guy. Yeah, and he's like, I think it's a great idea. What do you think? He's like, it's a terrible idea. He's like, see, you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that's what it is. You can be as enthusiastic as you want. You can throw it to the other Aaron. He'd be like, no, we can't do that. And you'd be like, oh, sorry, it's just yeah. what it sounds like. No, that's, that's my, my, my role is not necessarily to be the voice of reason Mm-mm. in our business. My role is to just dream up the completely ridiculous stuff that we're going to one day do. Uh, but we also need some reason within our company. I think and, that's fair. And Aaron, the other Aaron now is, is certainly a very reasonable individual that we very much need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. So uh, come on down anytime. We'd love to see you. Will I be there? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe. If I'm in town, I'll be there. I was, I was going to say, if you're in town, you're almost certainly going yes, to be there. But if you go to my Instagram now at Aaron Witt on Instagram and look at my stories that day and I am maybe eating a lobster in Maine or hanging out on the beach in the Florida Keys or in the cab of a 6020 on the coast of Portland, I am definitely not in Nashville. 
I do want to say that all the places you just listed are extremely beautiful getaway destinations. You don't always get to travel to those kinds of places. Not always, but we do sometimes. Yeah. I sometimes Pretty get cool. thrown a bone. Yeah. Uh, like this Sunday, I will be having lobster in Maine. Very cool. I'll take it. Yep. I'll take it. I want a lobster roll. Now that's all I'm thinking about. It's like you did that to me up there. It's like chicken. Oh man. It's so good. But you can get have it you, everywhere. Have you ever been to Maine? Not to Maine, but New England. Yeah. New England, pretty common. Mm-hmm. But Maine, I am telling you, like when I was with Herb and he originally made us lobster, Herb, where'd you get these lobster? Oh, I just bought them in the parking lot down the street. <laughs> That is such a New England thing, though. I mean, honestly, the 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 analog to that is in the South. It's barbecue. Yeah, it's like where's the best barbecue you ever had out yeah. of that wheelbarrow? Yeah, in the, like it was just yeah, there. I don't the know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or uh, uh, in the in the Southwest Mexican food. Yeah, the best Mexican food is some little old lady selling tamales on the side of the road. If there, if you ever pass a little old lady selling tamales. Buy them immediately. You know it's going to be fire. They, they will be the best stand tamales you ever you ever eat. Uh, I now, love that. I can't guarantee the next day, but sure, or even later that afternoon. But on but, the way in, it's going to be killer. Uh, in, absolutely incredible. I love yes. it. Yeah, that's good advice. You know, we're putting good advice out there. You know, it, it might be dirt talk, but we're just trying to make the world a better place, not just the dirt world. Well, we have a unique perspective. We see a lot of the world. It's true, and that's what. That's probably a bulk of my conversations with people is where, where have you been or where, where are you in the world? Or people are just curious about what the world looks like. And especially over the past 18 months with people not seeing the world, yeah, everyone has become even more curious because we have not slowed down travel at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just, it's funny having such a unique perspective that people actually want to hear. It's also funny to think about, you know, we took well, we took six weeks off traveling or a month maybe uh, about six weeks. Okay, yeah. and so when you and Angel picked back up for the uh, like the Build Whit Road show, or I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. You guys were it was like a whole month, right? Yeah, all, almost five weeks. That's brutal. It was brutal. Um, there was only like five other people <laughs> who worked at the company at that point. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it still just like well. They're the only people who do that stuff, so they have to go. Uh-huh. And now we've got like, you know, we're working towards multiple content teams and we're just like all over the place, which is really exciting, but it's just kind of a different vibe, you know, a year and a half later. Well, we just had, we just had a team out in Virginia this week. And so we had, I think, four people working with Carter execs on something and then five people shooting content with Carter technicians and individuals out in the field. Wow. And like even today, we have a few people visiting Sargent in Virginia and then a few people still working with Carter. It's it's crazy. There's a lot of moving parts now mm-hmm. um, and a lot of stuff going on that I'm not even aware of. Like this this week, I didn't even know the schedule or when I was at Carter a few weeks ago, they're like, yeah, you guys are you guys are coming out again in I think like two weeks. You're like, that's true. And I, I was like, yes, we, we, we are with a big thumbs up. Like yeah. I definitely knew that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had no idea. I don't know. I just try to stay in my lane, focus on what I need to focus on. I think that's fair. Yeah. 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 Well, now, now all I want is a lobster roll. We can move on. It's fine. I am really looking forward man, to lobster. It is probably one of my favorite things to eat. Because any kind of shellfish, 
and I like cooked shellfish. I'm not a big oysters guy. Oh, that's tough, man. I was just about that. Mussels or just cannot do it. If they're cooked all day long, if they're not cooked, count me out. Like, do you like it? Like a grilled oyster you like? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anything cooked, I'm down. It's just texture thing. Can't do it. Um, I, I, but I like crab and lobster because it is like this little project to eat and you feel like a child because you're just sitting there eating your, eating with your hands, you know, with the, with, with all the little work tools that you have to disassemble this thing. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. If you've never eaten a full lobster before, it's an absolute blast. And that makes me sound like, like a, you know, first world problems asshole. But I'm, I'm saying that from a context of Maine. And I, 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 I'm not kidding. They're, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, not a, it's not that much of a specialty. Well, it's funny. A lot of those like very regional foods are treated as like a higher tier of quality everywhere else. But in that region, it's just like what everybody eats. Well, and, and lobster is unique because you kind of have to keep it live. It doesn't ship very well. Yeah, that's true. Um, and even if you keep it live, it's just, it's not as good as just pulled out of the ocean. So it's, they're perfectly positioned up there to have lobster everywhere. And then everywhere else doesn't have it. Or that's like, uh, Washington. Yeah. This time of year, you go get some Dungeness crab up there. Oh, right out of the ocean. Just a few hours before you're throwing it in the pot. Yeah. That's the stuff right there. What I I personally enjoy like a a lowbrow version of seafood far more than like going to like a really nice seafood restaurant. That's just that's just like like I love a shrimp boil, crawfish boil. Yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah. you know, like crab legs on the table, just like straight on the yeah. you know, newspaper or whatever. Yeah, trout over a fire. Yeah, like yeah. that version to me is just that's what I love about seafood and more than, you know, for example, the restaurant just below our new office, mm-hmm. The Optimist. Amazing. Yeah. But pricey for, you know, really good seafood dishes. Well, but but that's the problem with seafood is is it's so expensive to get. You need to be flying yeah. it in constantly. That's why it has to be a nice restaurant. And, and so it has to be a nice restaurant. Yeah, you just price yourself out of that that lower restaurant price point. Mm-hmm. So you have to become a higher restaurant with higher margins, higher prices. But then you go to the coastal areas, like I'm going to Louisiana this week. You can get some damn good seafood in a place like that. That's and why I love oysters down there too, because yeah, it, some people have some opinions on the oysters down there compared to some cold they're water. They're bigger. And yeah, I, I know that that's a whole, it's like fine wine. Almost. I, was th- I was thinking about this yesterday that I like the Northern, like either Northeast or Northwest oysters set up in the like, New Orleans way. Like I want the cracker. I want the hot sauce. I want the mm-hmm. the horseradish. Like, yeah, I want all that stuff, but I want like the tiny little like delicate briny oyster from, you know, Prince Edward Island mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can appreciate that. There's a lot of places where you can do that though. For sure. I feel I like mean, you get the horseradish. Most restaurants anywhere. will do yeah, that, but like, yeah. hen- have you ever been to Henrietta Red in G- Germantown? No. It's pretty close to our office too. I think it's on fourth. Um, a, a very nice seafood restaurant, similar to The Optimist, maybe yeah. in some ways. And they don't do crackers. Bummer. It's just like a different thing. You know, they they want you to like, yeah. right out the shell. No, but like you said, the best seafood I've ever had is in 
is like like we would have in at Kiwit when we were in a job trailer. We'd be eating crap. We'd put the newspaper out over yep. the table we had in the in the conference room in the job trailer. Throw the crab on there that I think it was Jason, you know, one of the foremen caught that weekend, you know, Sunday, and we're eating a Monday on his boat. And it is just a blast. It's mm-hmm. uh it's like a it's just like a fun social thing. Or you'll go catch a fish, you'll you'll gut it, you'll cook it wherever you you caught it. That there's just nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Or we used to growing up in the Cape, Cape Cod, we used to go clamming. And as kids, clamming is an absolute blast. Yeah. You just walk around at low tide, you find the little air holes. Oh, I found an air hole. Dig, 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 dig. Yep. There's your little quahog hanging out down there. You're like, hey, hey guy, how you how you doing? You throw them in a bucket and then you throw them in some boiling water that afternoon. Anyway, this isn't a food podcast, though I could not a food podcast. Just keep keep everybody digging in for no, sure. No, 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 no. Um, I know we wanted to talk about the skid steer. Let's redirect here and Mm-hmm. talk some some dirt I've had a lot of questions about why I got the skids here and I have addressed it quite heavily within our business but I have not talked a whole lot about it externally and a lot of people have come at you not just with like questions like why do you have a skid steer but sometimes why do you have a skid steer yes and to answer that first question because I wanted a skid steer yeah <laughs> it's a good start I have worked hard over the past few years. I have not seen very many rewards personally as a result of my work, which I'm fine with, and that's by design. Um, But something I have always wanted since I was a little kid was a machine. And I wanted to be able to operate a machine whenever I want to operate a machine. And... Naturally, a skid steer is that first machine. They can do anything. They're very practical. I can do work on the weekends if I want to. I can scoop snow once once a year, which is what I was just joking on joking about with Shamrock Sean. And yep. I've talked about this a little bit, but that was the the initial motivation was I just want a damn skid steer. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it helps differentiate our business. We're specialized within the dirt world. Our mission, make the dirt world a better place. Make the dirt world a better place. And we've talked a lot about this. Are you ever going to go outside the dirt world? I don't see us as going outside the dirt world. We are specialized on this world and we have no intention to go outside of that. And we we are confident that there's not enough room to run. Uh, and so what other, if we're going up against two other high-powered marketing agencies, for example, on the creative side, on Builder Creative, what other agencies have a skid steer? None. None. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty damn specialized. It it gives me a tool to introduce people into the world of heavy equipment that would never have the opportunity otherwise. Like when my family came out a few weeks ago, my mom, my sister, my brother, they all got to run a machine for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And now are they going to go become operators tomorrow? No, they're never going to become operators. But do they have a much greater sense of appreciation for equipment operators now in the dirt world? Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They had a blast. And that's really important. And that's a high level of impact. And sure, it's not on the scale of thousands of people. But now I have sincerely impacted three more individuals and educated them on just a little bit of the dirt world. 
just a little bit, just giving them a little sense of appreciation. We have a tool to put our people inside of, you know, to use for our people to understand. And again, we got a lot of criticism online for what are you doing this? Or, oh, they're not operators. Like, yes, they're not operators. You complete asshat. Yes, (laughs) you're right. Correct. I agree with you. But that's not the point. The point is to just expose people to the dirt world in a very pointed way. I can say, here's a skid steer, or I can say, climb into it and wiggle the sticks, have some fun. The latter is going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more impactful. So there's that um, when it comes to working with OEMs, in particular Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. In the past, and I won't point out to any one particular OEM, I haven't been taken all that seriously. Sure. And I don't like that. I've checked my ego and I've said, okay, that's fine. You don't need to listen to me. I get it. If I were you, I wouldn't listen to me either. I don't blame you at all. But I'm only going to work harder and harder to make it more and more compelling and give you a reason to one day listen to me. This is the start of that. I am now a Caterpillar customer. Caterpillar listens to their customers. I am now a customer. Yeah. There's, so, lot, there's credibility there for sure. There's credibility. And it helps from a lending perspective for our business on our balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Having a piece of equipment, it's very beneficial for where we are from a credit standpoint. Lastly, uh, it allows me to have my therapeutic time as needed. So I am planning to do just basic work on some weekends when I can for fun just to to calm myself down and chill out and throw the phone in the truck and forget about it. Did I see that you have on your schedule some like training? Yeah. Um, whenever Thompson delivers a machine, they come out and train you on it. So they're just going to show me the features, show me all the grease points to make sure I'm taking sure. care of it as needed. Just give me a, a once over because I don't, I don't know anything about heavy equipment. Sure. I really don't. Even you've certainly never had to care for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I and I am fine admitting that I don't know what I'm doing. Um so any kind of education I'm more than happy with. And Thompson, Thompson Machinery in, in Tennessee, I I can't say enough good things about those guys. Mm-hmm. They have they've gone so far above and beyond for us to really take care of us. And it's been a really wonderful experience doing business with them. And I cannot wait to buy more machines from them one day. Well, you know, I think for a while now they've treated us like friends. And that was before you you had the skid steer. Yeah, even before, even yeah. before I was a customer. And I mean, on a, at, a, at face value, I'm not worth all that much to them. Every other customer of theirs is much bigger than me. Yeah. But I think they see where we're going, see what we're doing for the industry, see the help uh, we can offer them. And and they're reciprocating that. They're, they're really taking care of us first. So yeah. I, wholeheartedly appreciate it. Pretty cool. Yeah. I think also, and you didn't mention this and we can cut it out if you don't want to mention it. Um, that's not going to be the last piece of equipment this company buys. Absolutely not. And we, we don't want to just, it's not just meant to just be a, I don't mean a toy, but like there might be some training opportunities involved yes. long term that we want to get into. And if you don't start somewhere, you can't, Get, get moving. I want a lot of equipment. Yeah. Day. And I have 
a a a means to get there. Um, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, but this was the first step of that is to start exploring what we want to explore with a machine that's ours that we don't have to worry about getting from somebody else or permission or rental or whatever it may be. It, it, so yeah, there's a long-term play there, business opportunity that mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of value in. And then why, why, why a cow? <laughs> why make it a cow? Well, let me tell you. When I ordered it, I knew I wanted a custom color. I wanted a different color. I wanted something that is unique. And I racked my brain of all the colors and they can paint it a lot of different colors. What looks good and what is different. And for whatever reason, I kept coming back to white. Is that just flat white? It's just flat white. And there's not many white skid steers around. Other than bobcats. Other than bobcats, which I think is hilarious Mm -hmm. that it looks like a bobcat. I think that is very, very, very funny and only makes me happier. Uh, but, but I came back to white. There's not many white cat skid steers anywhere. And, and so that was the original plan was to just get it ordered in white and then figure out what to do with it. Brand it, build with, but other than that, we'll, we'll keep it good. And then uh, our designer, Molly, who's been on the podcast, who's putting together our office, she suggested you should make it, you should make it into a cow. <laughs> and I dismissed her idea as that's silly. Yeah. Like, why would I do that's that? That's completely ridiculous. And then I let it sit and I thought that's absolutely perfect <laughs> because I think that's very representative of my personality, mm-hmm. my, my fun approach. It's somewhat of a, a middle finger to the people that take themselves too seriously in this industry. Um, and it's just hilarious. I, that's one of our values is lighten up, lighten up. Like it's just funny. It's just funny. And there doesn't have to be a reason for it mm-hmm. other than, it's funny. Yeah. And it's, it's our damn machine. We can do whatever we want with it. So I knew the cat logos were coming off. Not a big fan of the new ones. Mm-mm. So that was step one. But then dressing it up as a cow, I think is absolutely perfect for our business. And when I say it's my machine, it's the company's machine. Um, it's really not mine. It's the company's. Yeah. It just is sitting in your yard. Um, you know something funny? Sure. So a couple of weeks ago, I went on this like annual lake trip, that thing that I go on. And I somehow came home with like an old, I think it's a Thompson cat beer koozie. Really? I don't know how I got it. I don't recall ever putting it in my bag. We were in like Kentucky. And yet one side of it says cat. The other side says Thompson mechanical or something like that. So it might be a different thing, but like it, where'd you go? Uh, Lake Cumberland. Where's that? Uh, basically you drive North to Bowling Green and turn right for another hour. Oh really? Yeah. So it's up in Kentucky. Yeah. Southeast Kentucky. Interesting. I don't, I, I have no idea where it came from. So I don't think they do business up there. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I I have no idea where it came from, Mm. but I was like, this is vintage. I'm keeping this Very bad boy. This is cool. Yeah. I want it. I, I, I would keep it if I were you. Yeah. yeah. Well, well done. Anywho. It's great news. I just like it. That's it, man. So that's the skits here in a nutshell. In a nutshell. And for those of you that don't get it, I don't know what to tell you. Chill out. Sorry. 
It's just what we just what we did. Yeah. Do we have any questions this week? We do yeah. have a couple questions. Heck yeah. We're gonna jump, we're we're gonna jump right in here. This <laughs> one's from Thomas. Hey guys, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time now, and it's helped me to implement positive change in my company. Love that, Thomas. Thank you very much, sir. Pretty cool to hear. I've managed to surround myself with some great people and I'd like to be able to offer them health benefits, but it's difficult to find a quality yet affordable option for a small company with limited buying power. Have you or any of your partners found a solution to this? I think this is a major barrier to being able to attract top talent from trade slash tech schools. Yeah. The whole health insurance game is really stacked against small business, as I've learned. And as a small business, you you really do have pretty significant limitations on what you can access. That said, it's really not that inaccessible. I think with healthcare, the biggest thing is finding the right broker to help you out. Mm-hmm. We had an extraordinary broker named Ann from Arizona who's helped us through that process. Absolutely extraordinary. So in your area, I would try to find the right broker and and maybe ask other business owners if if they've had any luck to try to find that that individual. I think that's what it's all about is finding that that right person that's really going to work through it with you. Because if you have that individual, even us as a small business, I think we had five people, maybe six people at the time when we were starting to explore healthcare for the first time. So we weren't huge. We weren't certainly. huge. We're we're still not huge, but we didn't have very many people at all. And yet we still created a very compelling healthcare program. And the thing was for us is we wanted to create a program that really cared for our individuals. So we aimed for the low deductible and we aimed for paying all of our people's premium, which Mm -hmm. I think is really important. Yeah. So even if you can't get the best access to the best plan, you still have the ability to pay for the premium, which is more than most. Yeah. Uh, you have the ability to choose a plan that's better for your people. You have the ability to offer your people a say in how you design your plan. And that's what we did is we we put some some different plans in front of people and kind of broke it down. Hey, what's important, you guys? And uh, Dan, you know, who has a family, he has a large family, said, well, it's it's really important for me to, you know, have certain things in here. And I, I was like, well, I would have never thought of that. I'm just a single healthy male. I don't even go to the doctor. So honestly, this health insurance thing doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. But someone who has kids, that's a big, big, big deal. Yeah. So even just, even if you can't offer the best plan up front, just approaching it from that caring mindset and getting some feedback and even just really basic feedback. Hey, like what experience with health insurance have you had in the past? And then educate people on healthcare and health insurance. And that's something we've done a little bit of but I want to do a lot more of down the road is I don't think anybody understands it. Everybody, most people have it. I couldn't really tell you how health insurance works. I mean, when, when I look at like the stats between plans, I'm like, yeah, what's cheap, cheapest for me right this second? That's probably what I'll do. I don't know. Yeah. But that's the thing is design the plan to care for your people as much as you can. And get their feedback and buy in on the plan, allow them to be a part of it as you implement the plan and then seek to educate. And so I think if you do those things, the fact that you might not have some top brass plan doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. That's how you be competitive. 
Well, yeah. And I, I That's do, what we did. I do think that there's probably some, you've talked about how intent has a smell. Yeah. And I feel like this can definitely aligns up with that. Totally. Right? Totally. You know, it's like, even if, say, because if you're a small company, maybe you don't quite have the same, like you said, but buying power. Um, if you're clearly making like an effort to take care of your people, like that, that intent also has a smell. That goes way further. Like, yeah. sure, there are some some financial constraints. If I have six kids and I'm making only a certain amount of income, I need to be careful about what health insurance plan I have. Yeah. But that, I think, is really the minority. I think the majority of people do have a little bit. It doesn't really make them decide on where they're going to go work, health insurance. Uh, and as far as retaining people is concerned, if you come at it from a very high sense of caring and a very high sense of doing what's right for your people, that is going to speak volumes to your people than another company trying to hire them with some really fancy health insurance plan. That's my opinion. And that's what we've done. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow, as you become bigger and bigger, you try to get better and better options for your people. And then you can offer multiple op- multiple options. So the next evolution of our insurance program will be, there'll be one plan that's better for families. And then there's be one plan that's better for single healthy people like me um, that'll have an HSA component to it. Yeah. So you don't have to have just one plan for your company either. You can have multiple plans as long as you offer it to your entire business. That's the only, that's the only rule. Welcome to insurance talk. Darren Witt. It's, it's all, it's super overwhelming, mm-hmm. super complex. The insurance companies are a complete scam and, and, and actually terrible, terrible businesses. And it's a terrible system, terrible system. You've talked a bit before. What's it called when health insurance companies can invest like those premiums? What's something float? It's, it's the float. The float. Yeah, but that's the. It, it's just a screwed up system. Yeah, but but it's you all, as a small business same. owner, you're not, you're going to do nothing about the system. So mm-hmm. you just have to play along with it. the The way you play along with it is you find a really extraordinary broker that can help you understand what the hell is going on. And the cool thing about insurance brokers is they're paid by the insurance company, not by you. So find an extraordinary individual and, you know, like, like the individuals that work for us, sure, we're not paying them, but we really care for them. Like we are, like, like they are really serving us. Yeah. And then we also uh, bring them along on our, on our vision and our growth so that, Hey, you know, I know uh, we can't give you a lot right now, but this is where we're going. And we want you to be a part of this too. And they get bought in on the vision like anybody else. And they, you know, we grow with them as, as we go down the road. Um, the other option, you know, is, and I know it's, I know it's popular is, is insurance captives in the construction industry. Um, self-insurance is, is a way to go. I think as we become bigger, the goal will be to self-insure for us. I, I want to get away from the insurance companies. So I, I aim once we have some sort of critical mass to actually self-insure our business. Do do a lot of companies do that? Or some companies do that? Some do. I think it's going to become more and more common. The nice thing is, so you you self-insure your company and then you can get certain insurance policies 
that cover if something really bad happens, like some somebody gets, God forbid, in a terrible car accident or gets cancer or something like that, that's just stupid expensive, mm-hmm. that would bankrupt the company. That's when in separate insurance policies will kick in to cover that. Got it. So you're not 100% liable. But I like, I like self-insurance because then you're in charge of the health of your people and your business. And I, I really want, like I want BuildWit to, to not just make people's lives better from a, a financial standpoint and even a, a work standpoint. Uh, health is a huge component of the quality of someone's life. And I really, really want people to just live healthier lives as a result of working for our business. And so by being self-insured, will be financially incentivized to be healthier as a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at you just look at COVID. It's like, what is the number one risk factor for COVID? Stuff that's completely avoidable. You know, heart disease. It, it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy uh, that people aren't talking about. How about sure, like vaccines and and all this stuff, fantastic. But how about let's eat some carrots and let's go <laughs> for a walk and Let's maybe let drink one less beer every night. Let's start there and see where we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what I want to, that's kind of my long-term vision for the company. Yeah. And not force people into it, but it's, again, it's, 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 it's an, in, from an intent standpoint, there's companies that try to create the whole healthy workplace thing to just lower their premiums. That's complete bullshit. People see right through that. If it's from a genuine sense of, we just really care for you as human beings we want you to live the best life you possibly can. We're going to invest a lot into giving you options to live a healthier life. People are going to buy in on that. Mm-hmm. I think. 100%. I don't know, but I think. Well, thanks, Thomas, for reaching out. Next question. Let's do this. Uh, this is from Luke. I want to hear some in-depth on how Rosso expanded so fast. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The reality is they didn't expand fast. I think Dylan started in 2012. It's 2021. So next year, they're going on 10 years. If wow. I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So they've expanded very fast over the past two years. They've grown very fast over the past two years. Yeah, and I th- I'm, I'm guessing that's what Luke is referring to. Yes. But what people forget is, okay, if you have you know, the past three years very fast, but over a 10-year history, you have that first seven years of absolute nonstop foundational building of that business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Dylan Stevens has done. He is a very shrewd businessman and he has spent a lot of money, time, energy on investing in the foundation of his business, investing in his people, investing in technology, investing in relationships, investing in the best equipment, and doing that consistently every single day for a seven-year period. You do all that, you get teed up really nicely to capitalize on bigger opportunities on those later years. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what's happened is they've invested in that foundation and now they are starting to see the benefits of and the return on all of their mini excavator, Kubota, a... Sorry, I don't want to stop you. That is the smallest excavator I've ever seen. Little nugget, little <laughs> guy. It's one of the ones you can fit through doors. But they've, they've invested all of that time and energy on building a really remarkable business from the beginning. And yeah. now they're able to capitalize on those bigger opportunities. Now they're able to hire great people. 
And now they're just keeping that momentum going. So that's how they did it. It's, honestly, it's, it's no magic fucking bullet. It's not. Honestly, that's really similar to, you know, when people say, oh, they're an overnight success. It's like, no, it just like years and years of, of hustling and it not blowing up led to this opportunity that then helped, helped it like be, become big and help it grow really fast. Yes. It's not like Dylan said, you know, what would be cool. I should start a company. And then it like at a linear rate grew and like expanded. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it was like you said, it's about the foundation for many years. Everyone wants that fucking secret potion or whatever that makes them crazy successful, super fast. And we're, 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 we're drunk on these crazy success stories of these big Silicon Valley unicorns that are based, that have value based on nothing really. Uh, and that's just not reality a lot of times. It's just one foot in front of the other for years and years and years and years. And then you start to see a return on investment. And that's where Rosso's at. Yep. And Dylan was smart enough three years ago to say, okay, we've, we've built that foundation now we want to go after bigger projects. So what did he do? He reached out to us and said, hey, we need to get our brand out there now. I want my name known in this town. I want to get the stories of our people out. We've worked with them for the past few years. I would like to think that's played a part too. Yeah. Is he laid the foundation, great business. He told the story of their business, is still telling the story of their business, investing even more in that today than he was just even just a few months ago, really doubling down on it. And they're in a very good spot as a, as a result. Well, in those sorts of things, that's why you invest in more than just how do we make the most money on the next project we do? Yes. You know, it's, it's a lot more planning, a lot more forethought. And so it's, it's exciting to see. It's really exciting. And, 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 you know, in fairness to, I give Dylan a lot of credit because he started Rosso. It's, it's everybody at that business. And, and Dylan, if he were sitting across the table from me, we'll hopefully have him on the podcast again yeah, soon in the soon. studio. He would, he would be very quick to give you know, everybody else the credit before he took an ounce of it for himself. And so it, it started with Dylan, but it's really down to the, the group of humans he has working at that business that's really built that thing into what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, coming up to, I guess, wrap up, this episode coming up next on the Dirt Talk podcast is Mr. Britton Lawson mm-hmm. at Vite. Uh, obviously, one of our our partners. I knew Britton before Vite. Really? Yeah. I mean, not not super well. We're not. But he was on your radar. Drinking beers every Friday. Yeah. 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 But cool. he's he's been around for a while because he's been sharing about the benefits of technology and the mm-hmm. construction space online for a very long time, and he has some really kick ass knowledge and things to say on the topic, and is crazy, crazy talented yeah. at the whole technology side. And I, he manages all of Vite's technology for all of their divisions. That's cool. Pretty impressive. So it'll be a really fun time talking to him, talking technology. We haven't done a whole lot of that Mm-mm. on the Dirt Talk podcast. So it should be a completely different discussion. Um, is he doing stuff for Build With Leaders? Yes, he will be on Build With Leaders cool. too. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we did a bunch with him. Um I basically just said, hey, do you want to be on Build of Leaders? He's like, yeah, that sounds good. And we showed up and I have no idea how it turned out. He's he's very smart. So I'd be shocked if it's not incredible stuff. But we did spring that on him a little bit. 
He's like, yeah, what do we mean to talk about? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's your thing. Just, <laughs> just talk about stuff, man. I got it. Uh, so I have not seen a single bit about that, but yes, he will be on Build It Leaders talking technology. Very cool. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, that's another episode of the Dirt Talk internal podcast. If you have questions. It's not the Dirt Talk internal podcast. You did it again, folks. That's another episode of the Dirt Talk Monday podcast. There it is. We're working on it. Send your questions to dirttalkatbuildit.com and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, y'all. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.